welcome to the Destination Begin podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Hi, hi. Welcome to the episode this week. Little update on life. It is eight weeks until my bikini show, and it's been a tough week. I have not been executing. I've not been executing. It's been busy, and I haven't felt well. I've had some little health issues that came up that I'm having to deal with that have deterred me from uh, from so many things. I haven't been getting good lifts. I have not been getting great nutrition. Um, part of that is just absolute, you know, me. I should be doing better. That is something I can control and I haven't been controlling. And so it's been a tough week and I'm kind of back to my my notebook of my why and if I really want to do this and why I really want to do this and reconnecting with that why. So I have eight weeks and um, that's plenty of time to hit that stage and look good. And so uh, I'm just having to readjust. I'm having to re um, refocus, kind of move some things around because of my um, little health situation. It's nothing serious, but something I have to deal with and um, have had to modify some of my activity levels the last few days. So just kind of, uh, it's important when you're doing any kind of big goal that you are able to continually reassess where you are, how much further you have to go, what's going to take to get there if you're willing to do it. And so I have to up my game to make up for this little bit of lost time. And am I willing to do it? So my answer today is yes, I'm willing to do it. And so I've just been sitting down here with my notebook and my plan. And so um, for me, for this upcoming week, it's important that I just kind of take all of the um, take all the emotion out and just get down to the science. How many calories do I need to eat? How many times do I need to exercise? What am I going to eat to make up those calories and those protein grams? And then simply do it. Look at the calendar, schedule it in, make sure it gets done. So that's what I'm doing. So, um, today is a rest day and, uh, gives me time to get my head in the game. Like I just said, and uh, and off we go. So um, my new suit should be here in a couple weeks. And that will help too because it's always fun to put the new suit on and see how it's looking. It helps to, you know, really dial in the goals, really helps to dial in the behaviors because you're like, this is what I'm wearing. This is what it's going to look like. Am I happy with what this is going to look like? If not, I best be changing something. So um I'm excited to see it. It's really pretty. Amanda got a new suit too, so I'm really excited to see her in it. So um, next week I'm going to Minnesota. I'm very excited. So um, I have one week to kind of get um, a lot of work done and all the things. Um, and that's that's a little stressful. It's, it's hard to be gone. I'm not often gone from home for that long. I don't know the last time I was gone this long, but I'm going to be gone, um, I guess, seven full days. It's going to be awesome. Heading out, going to New York for two days. I am so excited. I love New York City so much. And the flight from Miami, there's a layover in New York City. And so it's like, well, why not just go there on purpose, spend a couple of days, 
and enjoy. I love to run through Central Park. I love going for a run in Central Park, running like Phoebe from the Friends episode where she runs like a complete crazy person. I do that every summer. Uh, I think this is my fourth year in a row of doing that. I love it so much. And um, so going to New York City. The fun part about this is that Roy, my boyfriend, is coming along. So I... Um, yes, I have a boyfriend. I'm saying it publicly. He's coming to Minnesota to meet my family, not to meet my family. Like, Hey, I'm coming home. You're going to meet him. He's coming to meet the family. No, he's meeting the family because he's just coming with me. Um, I don't get all crazy about that kind of stuff, but he's coming with me. He's never been to New York city before and I haven't been there much. So, um, we're going to New York city together. going to see a Broadway show. Um, wonderful woman from bootcamp, um, who was here for a couple of months, went back to New York. I told her we were going to be in town and she and her husband are taking us to a Broadway show. I'm so excited. I love Broadway. I love New York city. Um, we're going to see the Michael Jackson show, which is awesome because Roy is a big Michael Jackson fan. I'm a big Michael Jackson fan. And it's just, I mean, come on, New York city, a Broadway show. I'm from Minnesota. This is about as cool as it gets. So very excited. Um, long list of things to see and do in New York City, things that I always like to try to do. And then it's really fun to go with Roy and think about like, I'm not an expert on New York City, but to see things with him that he's never seen before will be really, really fun. So Empire State Building, obviously the um, the memorial for the Twin Towers, which is always, um, I think, really important when you go to New York City. I think it's important to go to there. That um, It's something that I'm I'm not a New Yorker, but to go to New York City, I feel like it's important to pay um, pay honor to the fact that that happened there to the people of New York. It's, um, it's very, it's just, it's devastating. It's sad. It's horrible. And th- those are our people. I mean, it's, it's happened in the United States of America in New York City. We talk about it like a blase, like 9-11 and the Twin Towers. Well, this happened in the neighborhoods of these people who live there, you know, it's, so we will go there, um, Times Square, I know people who live in New York City, like, they always roll their eyes at me when I'm like, I want to go to Times Square at night, they're like, eh, God, I hate Times Square, well, guess what, it's really cool, when you don't live there, Times Square is amazing, it's amazing, it's a spectacle, I'm so excited for Times Square, um, so anyway, so a couple of days there and then on to Minnesota, get to see my son. I'm really excited to see his little face, meet his girlfriend. I've never met her before. She's coming as well. Um, they're vegans. Um, my son called me one day. My son has never been really good at starting a conversation in a, in a delicate way. So I get a phone call from him. Um, I knew that he and his girlfriend, Kate, were moving in together. I get a call from him. He said, Hey, you know, Kate and I were almost done moving in. And I said, that's so great. I'm so happy for you. And he said, yeah, I've got something to tell you that you don't know. And of course my mind is like, oh my God, they're pregnant. That's my first thought, which, you know, I'm happy for people that want to have babies. Um, I, my, my child is, is young and it's just a new relationship. So in my opinion, that would be a really big piece of news. I'm not sure that I'd be stoked on hearing um, so, uh, you know, immediately I'm like, what, what, yes. And he's like, um, so I'm vegan now. I'm like, oh, 
okay, awesome, terrific, that's awesome, so happy for you. Like, uh, veganism is something that um, is not something that I'm, uh, you know, I'm not a big proponent of. It's it's basically opposite of everything I believe in nutritionally. Um, if you're a vegan, it's totally fine. I'm not coming at you. It's just not my thing. Um, and so if he had just said, hey, I'm vegan, I probably would have been like, hey, I have some things to say about that. But because my mind immediately went to me being a 43-year-old grandma, I was like, yeah, that's the best news I've ever heard. Awesome. Go plants. Um, so he is a vegan. Kate is a vegan. And actually, I, I don't even know if it's vegan or plant-based. I know there's a difference. I can never remember the differences specifically or whatnot. But I do believe that they are uh, vegans, which, you know, I'm sure my son is fine with because he likes Oreos and junk food. And um, I'm sure he's he's finding a lot of a lot of vegan junk food, which is not really the point of being vegan. But whatever, as long as he is happy and thriving and as long as it doesn't change my um, my title to grandma quite yet, I'm, I'm down with it. Uh, you know, I hope that if my child wants children, that he gets all the children he wants and it's not about me, but, uh, I will say <laughs> on a normal day, hearing he was a vegan would be bad news for me, but, uh, the way he couched it pretty brilliant. So, um, hopefully there's some vegan food at the, at the wedding. My niece eloped last fall. And so this is her wedding reception. I talked about this already a little bit on the podcast, but a wedding reception for them will be happening. Also, I get to see all of my OG um, boot campers that I started working out with in Ramsey um, before I left. I'm going to go see my relatives in Iowa. Hope to just see a lot of friends. And uh, of course, bring Roy to see Minnesota. He's never been. Um, so it'll be fun. It won't be winter. And so it'll be nice to enjoy Minnesota when it's not so cold. Last time I was there was January, which is hard to believe. It's, I mean, time flies, holy buckets. Um, or no, it was early February when I was there last. Um, I think whatever. Anyway, so it'll be nice to be back when it's warm, see my friends and family and, and bring her home. So a week vacation is going to be awesome. And then, um, come back, hit the ground running for a busy busy summer. Um, things with the business are great. So boot camp is awesome. We just started filming. I just started filming the workouts. So now if you are interested in seeing what the boot camp is like, if you go to uh, miamibeachbootcamp.com, there are some of the workouts. I've loaded three of our workouts um, on the website. So you can just hit play and from the comfort of your own home, you can follow along for an interval training workout and uh, kind of see the beautiful sunrise going on behind and the fun vibe of boot camp. So I'm working on improving the quality of these videos and the sound, but we're just kind of like, I keep saying we, but um, I am, uh, I'm trying to just learn and get the quality better, figure out, just figure out a lot of the nuances. I'm an accountant, right? I'm not a videographer. I'm not, this isn't my wheelhouse, but you know, given enough time and, and attention, I believe I can learn and be good at just about anything. My friend Courtney says that a lot too. So I'm working on it. And um, eventually we'll have a full on-demand section. So if people want to uh, join the Miami Beach Boot Camp website membership, can come and boot camp with us in person as much as you want. And also um, avail yourself of all of the on-demand workouts. So that's in the works. But for now you can, there's three workouts up there. Um, it's, that's exciting because boot camp is just such a huge passion of mine. 
I do it almost every day and um it's joyful so that's the boot camp and then um the Kristen experience it's really awesome I've been doing um a six-week weight loss challenge which is winding up here in the next week um absolutely awesome to see how much weight people are losing so many um, pounds falling off um this meal plan is cool because it's real food it's resetting people's relationships to sugar including natural sugar taking some decision fatigue out of choosing what to eat following a meal plan is really powerful for a short amount of time i never i never am a proponent of following a meal plan for the rest of your life it's just not sustainable because life has so many nuances but to take a chunk of time to say, I'm not going to make decisions. I'm going to follow a plan. I'm going to eat what's on this list at the time of day that I'm supposed to eat it. It's real food. It's not purchased, you know, packaged garbage food. It's um, creating meals that are balanced and healthy. It really can reset your satiety, your hunger, your relationship to, you know, hormonal and emotional hunger and tell your body, hey, you can release some fat. You can release some water weight because you're going to be fed and you don't need to worry about starving, but also you're not going to be getting so many calories in all of the processed foods. You're going to get real food. So it's been cool. I love, I love seeing people get results. And then the nice thing about this meal plan is as it progresses um, week by week, you get a little bit of autonomy. So the first couple of weeks are a little tougher. Here's exactly what you get to choose for your meals. And then the next couple of weeks, here's some more options and then the last two weeks, here are here are your pieces of the puzzle. Craft your meals using these proteins, carbs, and fats. So you're learning how to eat a macronutrient balanced meal every time you eat, and you're starting to understand how to do that. So then after six weeks, you can truly feel comfortable saying, um, it's time to eat. How? What am I going to eat? Well, what's my protein? What's my fat? What's my carb? based on what you already know. These are healthy protein options. This is a healthy size of serving for a protein. Here's a good healthy carb option. Um, Am I hungry? Instead of grazing, I'm going to have a snack. It's going to be protein and fat based on what I've learned in this meal plan. So I love it. I'm so proud of it. I'm so excited. If you're interested in it, anybody who joins the Kristen Experience membership, it's $49 a month, you're going to get access to the meal plan so that you can start the meal plan at any time and follow it for six weeks and learn how to eat while learning weight, losing weight. So a little shameless plug. I have to. It's, I'm just so excited about it. Um, so that's what's going on there. Um, and then, of course, the boyfriend. I'm going to talk a little bit about the boyfriend right now. This is not super common for me because this is a podcast. It's ongoing. Since I started the podcast, I've been in you know more than one relationship. I started this podcast. I was... Um, friends with and dating um, Randy and didn't talk a whole lot about that but I've talked a lot about our relationship um, on the podcast and you know what a great great person he is what a great friendship we've had we've still stayed good friends um, and I've you know I've talked obviously in my destination date podcast about the the dates that I've been on in Miami and how difficult it's been to navigate dating apps. So I'm just going to tell you the little story of Roy because, um, I don't know. I just feel like it. What's the worst that can happen, right? Relationships are relationships. Sometimes they last forever. Sometimes they last for a period of time. Um, and even if they end up being a great experience or a more difficult experience, they're experiences in life that make life beautiful. And I am a love warrior. I refuse 
to just sit in my house and say, love, you know, is tough and I've had bad relationships. I've had relationships end that my heart got hurt. So I'm done. It's tempting, but I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to, you know, I want to love and I want a companion. It was a long time where I just was fine. Like I'm fine. I don't date, but you know, I want a companion in the end. By the time I die, I would really love to have somebody walking through life with me. Um, and so that's, that's why I'm dating. So the dating apps, Bumble, that's the one that, you know, you swipe right. And if someone else has swiped right on you, you match. And on Bumble, the girl is the one who starts the conversation. So swiped right on this guy because his profile picture was a jump for joy. Now, if you know me, I love to do these jump for joy pictures. I don't do them so much anymore, but I have a lot of jump for joy pictures of myself in lots of different places. So this guy's picture is him jumping for joy at at the beach. And I was like, oh, so I clicked on it and scrolled through. And his next picture, I was like, okay, kind of cute. Next picture, oh, kind of cute. Next picture, oh, hello. Okay. But there was nothing in the profile. There was no, there was no description, nothing. So rule number one is like, I got to read the profile. There has to be something other than looks that attracts me. But for some reason, I was like, mm, he's cute. So swiped right. Boom, it's a match. I'm like, oh, okay. So I get a message from him and he said, I was hoping you'd match with me. I was like, oh, really? Why? And beyond that, I don't remember a lot of the conversation, but Basically, he said, well, I'm in Miami. I'm visiting um, from San Francisco, just here for a few days. Um, And I said, oh, okay. And it happened to be um, on a Sunday. And the next day I had some free time and I was penciling in time for me every day. And so I said, well, hey, if you want to meet for coffee, that is one of my rules. I only do coffee dates. Let's meet for coffee, Lincoln Road Mall. It's a really kind of a nice little touristy area on South Beach. I'll, we can walk Lincoln Road Mall, get a coffee, and I'll kind of tell you some things to see while you're here and, you know, show you around Lincoln Road Mall. So that's what we did. I went down to South Beach, met up with him at the corner of Lincoln Road Mall to go for a walk. He um, was everything that his pictures showed. He looked exactly like his pictures. He looked the same age as his pictures. He was as tall as he said he was. Um, his profile did say he was 6'3". He is I keep telling him like I just you have such good character as in um, you're tall so he's tall he's handsome Uh, we hit it off right away great conversation got coffee lots of laughing Um, I had a client um, booked so I said I only have a couple of hours which is again another one of my rules I have a in and out zoom in zoom out for dates so that I have an out But we sat down to eat and I was having such a good time. I texted my client. I'm like, hey, are we still on? Because sometimes, you know, she and I will change our appointments. Sometimes it doesn't work for us to train. And so I'm like, I'll just check in, see if she's really committed to meeting today. And um, and she's also my good friend. And uh, I said, hey, are we still on? And she said, why? And I said, okay, fine. I'm on a date and it's going really, really well. I would love, love, love to reschedule. But if not, it's totally fine. And she's like, you owe me one. (laughs) So all of a sudden, I had nothing else to do. I told him, I'm like, hey, my evening just opened up. Let's go um, do some sightseeing. So we proceeded to go down to Bayside Market and ride the Ferris wheel. We went to Brickell. took him to my favorite spots in Brickell. Got lost looking for the car. We had so much fun. So It was just an amazing first date. No pressure. That's probably why it was so good. 
so much laughing. I don't know that I've laughed so hard in a very long time. So a wonderful first date. He was in town for five days. So we basically had a five day first date. It was amazing. And when he left, I was devastated. I mean, I was so quickly enamored by this guy um, and vice versa. So he came back uh, from San Francisco a week later to spend some more time here. Um, His work, he's a freelancer. So while he was here, he's looking for work for gigs here. And um, so long story short, he's been coming back and forth, um, working here, working there. And, um, you know, it's difficult to have a long distance relationship, but also it's kind of fun. You have time to zoom in, zoom out, um, focus in on work, spend time together. Um, I'm very busy. He's very busy. So it kind of gives us both time to focus on our own things and then also um, hang out. So we shall see. That's Roy. Um, He's delightful. He's very tall. (laughs) It's my favorite thing about him. That's what I like to say. He's tall. He's also a psychopath. He puts toilet paper on the roll backwards. We're going to have to work on that. Um, I, I don't understand. I don't understand people who do that, but it's, you know, it's definitely a red flag. Um, Gus, Gustavo loves him. It's a, it was a big, it was a big thing that mattered to me from go is what does my dog feel about this person? Cause dogs have intuition. Well, Gustavo and, and Roy are closer friends now than Gustavo and me, which is really rude. Um, but it's very good, uh, to see my puppy and my boyfriend bonding so well. So I'll keep you guys posted. You, my podcast listeners, you know, you're my, you guys know me and it's all usually, usually out there. So, um, hopefully, uh, you indulge my privacy when it comes to the, the, the nitty gritties, but also I know that a lot of you are just, um, rooting for me and my, and my quest for love. Anyway, um, Roy is very schmoopy. Roy has a beautiful heart. My favorite thing about him actually is very, very, very sensitive and very sweet. And I've dated a lot of different personality types. And there are people I've dated that are like super disciplined and super hardcore, super into the routine and the lifts and the fitness. Randy, um, you know, Randy is like, you know, Rambo. And that that definitely pings off a big part of my personality. Um, but another big part of my personality is love and sensitivity and emotion and compassion, and empathy and schmoopy. And, um, it's, so it's really fun to be dating somebody who lines up with that part of me so much. Um, Roy is not a worker outer. He wasn't. And now he is because you cannot date me and not be somehow exposed to boot camp and workouts. So he's loving boot camp. Um, but he can do him, you know? I don't want to date myself. He does not have to work out like I do. He does not have to lift like I do. He's got a great physique. Um, but um, you know, we'll, we'll get him into we'll get him into a little better shape whether he likes it or not. But anyway, so that's right. There's your update on the all things Kristen, um unsolicited and uh I don't know, happy girl. Happy girl. My favorite protein bar, Built Bars. I talk about them. I talk about them a lot. I eat them a lot. They're amazing. They're the size of a Snicker bar, and they have 150 calories, which is half the calories of a Snicker bar. They, on average, have five to nine grams of sugar, which is a quarter to a third of the sugar in a Snicker bar, and they have protein, which is a lot more than what you'll find in a Snicker bar. 
On average, they have 17 grams of protein, 150 calories. They're made with real chocolate. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use my code DESTINATIONBEGIN, you're going to save money on trying Built Bar. They have a mixed box, and they also, you can buy half a box. You can get Cherry Garcia. You can get Blueberry Muffin, the double chocolate brownie chunk. They have a new Caramel Almond Delight, delicious. And they also have Built Puffs, which are protein marshmallow covered in chocolate. They're delicious. Check them out. If you haven't had them, you are missing out. They're a really great way to add some protein into your life in a way that tastes yummy. And they're small enough that they're not a meal replacement like a lot of protein bars. They also don't wreck your guts and they don't suck all the moisture out of your mouth. So builtbar.com, give them a try. Use my code destination begin, save some money and fall in love with some really yummy chocolate protein bars in your life. I often say your inner child never grows up. In fact, I say it every day. I say it all the time. It's running through my head constantly. It's one of the biggest lessons that I have learned that has changed a lot of my mindset. It's changed a lot of things in my heart and my soul. And the reason being is A, it's true. (laughs) And B, it connects my, my mind to my heart. So... The way that it makes sense to me is, you know, we're born, obviously, we come out of our mom's womb, and our soul is alive, and it's trapped in a vehicle, a body. And we're on earth, we have these bodies, they grow, they change, they evolve, our minds are fed information, we're given a social, a set of social expectations. So from the time we're born until the time we become an adult and beyond, we're programmed um, how to walk, how to talk, how to make eye contact, what eye contact means, what facial expressions means, um, what's appropriate behavior for being in a store, being on the street, being in church, being in school, how to sit still, how to engage, how to be polite, when to listen, when to talk. All of these things, they're important for us to be able to navigate the world with other humans to get along, to be able to function and thrive. Those are all things that are learned in our mind And at the same time, our body is growing, changing, we're developing skills to move, um, walking, talking, riding a bike, driving a car, um, learning a skill, etc. But our soul, the essence of who we are, it it doesn't have any of that stuff. It's life. It's a force. It's power. It's love. It's, it's, it's who you really, really are. It's, it's not even your personality. It's it's the powerful orb of life that's inside of you. It's something that is difficult to describe. There's obviously no way to photograph it. But um, when you close your eyes and you put everything aside, all of your thoughts, all of all of your defenses, and think about yourself, often it's hard to really articulate. It's hard to really do anything but feel. But when we do that, often everything kind of centers, comes into alignment. And the time that that's the most possible for me and that it's the most powerful is when I imagined myself as a little child when I was five or six years old, before I knew all the stuff, before I had been hurt, before I had to learn a lot of lessons the hard way, before I'd been told that I was too big, that I was too loud, that I wasn't loud enough, that I wasn't enough, that I was 
bad, that I was flawed, that I wasn't perfect, that I wasn't so, so good. Um, before I knew that it was good to be 5'9", or better to be blonde, or better to be brunette, or better to have a flat nose, or, you know, that my butt wouldn't look ideal in jeans, or that <laughs> that I wouldn't be good at math on paper. Uh, before I knew all that stuff that made me doubt the value of my soul. When I was a little kid, I just thought that I was so, so good. And I was so, so loved. I was my mom's little petunia pet. And I was patted on the head and people smiled at me. And I didn't have to do anything to feel valued. And that is truly correct. We don't have to do anything to be valuable. We don't have to do anything to be lovable. We don't have to do anything. We don't even have to show up in a room to be valued. We exist. I exist. My soul is bright and beautiful and powerful. It's a radiant, beaming orb of love and goodness. That's me. And when I think about myself at age six, I think about myself playing in the yard, dancing, running around, not caring if I was dancing correctly, not caring if I looked silly, just expressing joy and glee and movement and breathing and happiness. And that is me. And I'm almost 44 years old, but that little girl is still me. She's never grown up. She never will. She's delightful. She is so, so good. I love her. I love her spunk, her spirit. She's funny and she's fun. I love spending time with her. She delights me. And when I talk to people about anything, really, you know, I do a lot of life coaching. We, we start with, sometimes we start with listing fears. Because when I ask people, who are you? What are you? A lot of times that's hard to figure out. But when I say, what are you afraid of? Bam, boom, we can... We can get somewhere quick. Fear, anxiety is something that is very close to the surface when we start thinking, we start trying to dig into what's going on. And so to take this practice of, okay, what am I afraid of? I just did this practice yesterday with someone. What are you afraid of? Well, I'm afraid of my heart being broken. I'm afraid of being alone. Okay. Well, do you want that? No, I don't want that. I don't want my heart to be broken. Well, when we walk around afraid of something, we're basically manifesting it. So the more we focus on what we're afraid of, it tends to happen. Period. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. I don't know why that is, except that our minds tend to fight to make possible what we are focusing on. So if we're focusing on getting something good, that's how we get something good. We manifest it because we're putting our energy of our thoughts into getting that thing. And then our our minds, our, our intentions, the, the world seems to line up behind it. Same thing with our fears. If you're afraid of getting your heart broken, if you're afraid of being devastated, of being alone, you focus on that, you're going to manifest that. So, okay, do you want that? No, I don't want that. Well, what do you want? I want to be loved. I want a companion. I want to feel like I'm a part of something. I want a home for my heart. I want to belong. Okay. How do you get that? Well, by being a good companion, by being strong in who I am, by being sure of who I am, by being okay with who I am no matter where I am. Okay, how do you do that? 
by loving myself. Who are you? Who are you really? What's your soul like? Well, my soul never grew up. My soul is six years old. So how do we avoid the fears? How do we avoid manifesting what we don't want? By spending time loving on our inner child. Almost every single thing that we want in life can be boiled down to, I can have that if I spend time with and love on my inner child. And that can start is simply by daily saying a mantra of, I love myself as a little child. I love the little child in me. I love little Chrissy. Little Chrissy is fun and sweet. My face changes when I start thinking about myself as a little girl. I'm delighted in her. She had little pigtails and she had crooked front teeth and she, she, she was just happy and she was a good girl. And she just, she didn't even imagine that she wasn't magnificent, that she wasn't enough. She just flitted around happy. Play with me. Color with me. Hi. Good morning. Yay. So if you're struggling with fear, if you're struggling with anxiety, if even if you're not struggling with anything, the most powerful way to connect with what you want in life is to start with loving your inner child. And just starting your day with saying, I love the little boy in me. I love the little girl in me. Name yourself. I love little Chrissy. I love little Mike. I love little Roy. I love little Melinda. I love little Linda. I love little Kathy. I love little Molly. I love little Jeannie. Whatever your name is. I love her. I love him. Why? Think about yourself at that age and delight in yourself. That is how we connect with our soul because that version of you is you. It's you. And that's how we fall madly in love with ourselves is we connect with who we are and who we are is that little, that little kid. It's so delightful. And when it comes to self-help and self-improvement and growth, There's a lot of work that has to be done. And a lot of times it's like, all right, I got to sit down with my book and my journal and do some personal development. And it feels like a task. But this, this isn't a task. This is fun and delightful and good. It's not punitive. It's just anytime, anywhere, in any setting, you can stop what you're thinking about. And think about yourself as a little child and just say, oh, I love little Chrissy. I just love her. And then remember the the moments when you felt free. Picture them and delight in them. No judgment. And sometimes this is emotional at first because it it brings us back to that. and And we mourn that we're not that person. Initially, that's what happens. We wish, oh man, I wish I could go back to how it was. Gosh, that was before this hurt and was before I lost this. And that's normal to have those feelings come up the first, you know, while, the first few times, the first hundred times that you do this. But what happens when you go through those emotions is you can start to set those down 
and you don't have to travel that path every time you connect with your inner child. You'll just get there and you'll be able to live there and you'll be able to enjoy that inner child more. And that old pain, all the things that have happened since the time you were a little child and today, they become less and less a part of who you are and they become more things that your little child has dealt with. And you can talk to your little child and say, guess what? You went through some really hard stuff. And yet here you still are. Delightful. And free. And joyful. And happy. That stuff didn't have to take your joy. It didn't have to change you. It didn't change you. Here you are. Here you still are. Now your personality and how you deal with life on a daily basis may have shifted because of things that you've been through. But they can shift back. You can shift back to navigating life like that happy, carefree, joyful little child. You can. This is possible. People ask me all the time, "Why? How are you so happy? Why are you? Why are you so?" Gosh, I mean, I annoy people. Let me tell you, I annoy people, and I'm not always happy. Okay, I'm not always happy. My closest friends, you see me when I'm not always happy. You see me when I'm down. You see me when I'm tired. I'm not always happy, but I would say. I'm the happiest person I know. I'm happier more than anyone else I know. It's not artificial. I don't manufacture it. When I wake up, my soul is delighted. When I walk up out of my bed, nine times out of 10, it is with joy and enthusiasm and absolute glee. Why? Because this works. This is, this is an organic thing that I, don't, I didn't learn from somewhere. It's just something that that has happened through my my quest to be happy, to live a free, joyful life, and then to teach others how. And this has been the key for me. And then I've seen it be the key for client after client, friend after friend, person after person. Why? Because it's truth. Your soul never grows up. Your soul is who you really are. And your soul is love and life and light that's the truth. There's no escaping it. And the more time you spend there, the more it becomes front and center in how you operate. You start operating from your true soul. All of these things, events, circumstances that life handed you because life is not fair. Life is not even. Life guarantees you nothing. Life is life. If life were perfect, we would live in a place called heaven and it would only be that bad people got sick. It would only be that bad people died young. It would only be that children never got sick and old people lived till, till 90 unless they were bad and then they would live a perfectly appropriate number of days based on how good they were. That's not how life is. Life is imperfect and messy and unfair. Let's all just accept that. And so when unfair things happen, when someone dies on Christmas or it rains on your wedding day, or you spill chocolate on your white shirt on the day of the big interview when every other day you never spill, okay? That's called life on life's terms. It's not perfect. It's a mess. <laughs> All that stuff, we don't have to let it change who we are. We do let it change who we are. We let it jade us. We let that teach us how to be. We let that teach us how to show up. And that does not have to happen. And if it has happened, we can reverse that. By going back to the beginning... Before we spilled on our shirt, before we realized that sometimes life happens and it's not fair, back then we could fight for fair. Mom, it's not fair. Make it fair. Now we can't fight for fair. There is no fair. 
there's a just life on life's terms. And we have beautiful, powerful, amazing, brilliant lights in our souls that are able to deal with, accept, modify, and roll with anything life hands us and do it with glee and joy and love and light. That's what we are capable of. Why do I know that? Look around you. I know you could find people who have given that example, that have shown that to you. And we look at them like they're anomalies. How can they? Guess what? So can you. So can we all. Human beings are the most powerful forces. Name another force more powerful than a human being. Our souls are capable of so much. The same power in lightning and in the ocean and in the beautiful opening of a flower. That is life. And that is inside of each and every one of us. So I encourage you to spend some time thinking about and talking to your inner child. Start with, I love you. You are amazing. I love my little inner child. Spend time with him or her. Compliment him or her. Channel him or her. And in purpose to do so every day, spend more and more time there and let more and more of your life decisions be guided by him or her. You see a homeless person on the street, they're hungry. Your mind says, they could probably get a job. Uh, I don't have time. Uh, I work hard for my money. Uh, I don't have any cash. Uh, It's too bad. What does your inner child say? Your inner child is probably confused. Why does that person hungry and needing money and sad. Do I have something? Can I help? Do I have a dollar? Can I smile at them? That's what your inner child most likely is going to say because your inner child doesn't understand justice and working and cleanliness and all of these things that we judge others with. Your inner child just, oh, what what does that person need? Can I help? I want to be a big helper. (laughs) That's how I feel when I see people that need something. Now you might not. Maybe it's something else. Maybe you're driving in traffic and someone cuts you off and you're in a hurry, busy person who really feels like everyone should just obey all the laws and I don't understand this, gets mad and lays on the horn and screams curse words. What would your inner child say? Oh, oops, they made a mistake. (laughs) Oh, oops. (laughs) I mean, that might be all your inner child says. Oops, I guess I should slow down. I don't know. You'll know. Whenever circumstances blow up in your life and you find yourself afraid, anxious, mad, whatever, what's your inner child say? That is where we should start operating more and more and more. It's not perfect. It's not every time. But start there. Your inner child knows what's up. Your inner child's the most brilliant person in your life, honestly. Little Chrissy loved jump rope and I used to play this little thing where I would hit a tennis ball up the stairs from the basement. I tried to turn it into some kind of game with rules, but what I learned was tennis balls hitting on stairs, there's just too many variables. Edges of stairs, walls, the little hand railing, the fact that I couldn't hit the ball worth crap, but I would play it anyway because it was fun and it was unpredictable. And now I don't like to do things I'm not good at. And so, you know, I need to reconnect with my inner Chrissy and be like, I'm willing to do that even if I suck at it because it's fun. Those types of things. My little inner Chrissy needs to guide more and more of my life because I have more fun. I'm more authentic. I'm more loving. I have much more confidence, much more peace. And people like me better (laughs) when I'm more Chrissy and less Kristen. Kristen has been, let's start. 
raised in a cult, 400 pounds, uh, twice divorced, been in an abusive marriage, single mom, a uh, couple of different careers. Um, I mean, there's all these facts, all these things that have told me that relationships are too hard, um, life lets you down, men are really terrible, um, religion and church is terrible, um, divorce is awful, single parenting is terrible, I'm a bad mom, I'm not educated, um, I'm not very good at doing math in my head, um, I can't trust myself, I make bad decisions. I mean, there's all of these things that the facts of my life could could tell me that I would then live by. And then what? Then I would be a jaded, cynical, angry, um, frustrated, locked away in my house, scared of the world person, still overweight, not confident, certainly not trying to help anybody, just trying to get through, single, not dating, not trusting people, completely angry at God, completely angry at my family, completely a man hater. I mean, it would... If I operated based on the things that life has quote unquote taught me, that's how I would behave. But when I go back to Chrissy, Chrissy just wants to have fun and love and give everybody another shot and not not believe the worst in people. And Chrissy wants love and Chrissy wants her mommy and Chrissy wants her sister and Chrissy wants to believe that God loves her. And Christy wants, Chrissy wants to believe that her first husband was just also a scared, hurt little boy who just wanted love. That's what Chrissy wants. And when Chrissy lives that way, Chrissy lives on the beach and runs beach workouts and has a body that moves when she tells it to and has friends that love her and has a new boyfriend that has completely lit her up again. I've zoomed back in. I'm going to try love again. I'm not going to be cynical and say just because I've been on a billion terrible dates in Miami and I've had two divorces, um, but this guy, obviously he's a man. No, I'm going to believe the best in this guy and think that love, love is powerful and it's worth risking my heart being broken. Because guess what? My heart's been broken before. And guess what? My heart has healed before and I've been able to love again. So I want to do that. That's what Chrissy wants to do. So that's what Chrissy's going to do. Try it. Try it. Just for one day. Just see what one day is like when you try to channel your inner inner Chrissy, your inner Shirley. So this topic came up for many reasons, but I have this little girl that's been coming to boot camp that has just driven this point, point home to me. I say many times on the beach, you know, we have some movements, um, all out of them I've named, I've nicknamed them. We have one hopscotch. So basically it's like hopscotch on the sand and it's so fun. I used to love to draw hopscotch on the sidewalk and I would never really know how to play hopscotch, but I liked to draw it and hop around. And so when we do this movement on the sand, I often say like, just be a kid, have some fun here. This is not penance. This is not punishing your body. This is jumping around on the sand like a little kid at the beach because that's what we're doing. And there's a woman who comes to boot camp. Her name is Bonnie and she brings her little girl who just turned six, Shirley, to boot camp. And Shirley does the movements and she exercises with us and she is so cute and so fun. 
And I see her and I'm like, this, this is the embodiment of what I see on the faces of the adults. The adults come to boot camp and I see them smiling, having fun. We've got people up to the age of 69 at boot camp and having fun. I see their inner child on display on their faces. And now I have a little girl who is a child running around on the beach at the workouts and it just lights me up. It's so much fun. Little Shirley, she's adorable. I'm going to deck her out in boot camp gear. She's our boot camp mascot now. So um, it just, it's beautiful to see a little child and everyone else's inner child working out together on the beach. So I hope that you'll take this little bit of advice and connect with your little child, your inner child, let the emotion flow, and then let your inner child make some decisions for you and see what happens. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. I'm so excited you're here. If you want to interact with me, go ahead and send me an email, Kristen at kristensmithonline.com. Follow me on Instagram, The Kristen Experience, and make sure you share this podcast with a friend. That's all I have for you today. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next time here on Destination Begin.